Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Awaiting Christ podcast. So, what I want to cover today is something that is very much prevalent in our society today if you live in the United States of America, and probably also if you live in the Western European countries and any other parts of the world that, are, I guess, are more traditionally democratic in nature, meaning democracy and all that. We are very, very, very partisan these days, and the political divide doesn't seem to be getting any better at any point at any time. And if it's one thing I've been seeing on uh, Twitter is a lot of believers are kind of shrinking back away from getting engaged in the political discourse. And I have to admit, I wasn't much into politics before 2016. And then in 2016, we all know what happened. I don't need to go into it. I kind of stepped back around 2021, 2022 and whatnot, after having been involved in it for about four or five years. And in a lot of ways, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's all rigged, yada, yada, yada. So I've been rethinking about this and I'd like to deliver my two cents for what it's worth. So I've kind of come up with a little bit of a hybrid position as far as how I should be in regard to politics as a Christian. Jesus charged his people that obviously he was going to gather up into this body called the church to be something in the world. During the Sermon on the Mount, one of the opening statements Jesus made in Matthew chapter 5 was about us being salt and light. So in verse 13 in chapter 5 in Matthew, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So there's two things that I believe that are involved in that, in what Jesus is meaning. Number one is obviously we are to be basically walking billboards for Jesus Christ, meaning that your life needs to reflect the ideals and values that Jesus taught in light of what is taught to us in the scriptures. Obviously, we uphold the Bible and what Jesus taught. So we are to basically give, for lack of a better way to say it, a taste of Jesus to everybody by our conduct, by our lives, by what we say, how we treat people. That gives credibility to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That gives credibility to people who want to hear about Jesus Christ. One of the things that I highlighted in last week's podcast, and I also used as an unbeliever when I was one, was that I don't want to become a Christian because of all the hypocrites. I'm not going to read their stupid Bible, and I'm not going to go to their churches where they can sit there and just browbeat me and all this and that. So we don't want to be a bad witness for Jesus Christ. We want to be salty, meaning that we want to in a way, give people a taste for Christ. And in a way, I don't know if this is what he meant per se, but salt also will dehydrate and make you thirsty for water and come drink the living water that uh, Jesus obviously said that he was. There is another component and use for salt that is still used today that especially was used in the ancient world, and that is to preserve things. That's why it's like a lot of times when you see the like these reheatable meals and uh, these frozen things that you put in your freezer and then you obviously you throw it in whatever to cook it. It has a lot of sodium, typically. Why do you think that is? It's to preserve it. So I think in another way, Jesus meant for his people to preserve the teachings that he was teaching 
and basically keep things more on a traditional level to keep things from going off the rails, which if you look around at our current culture, is definitively going off the rails. There's such a group called conservatives and there's such a group called progressives. And that's pretty universal all across the world. It's not necessarily right versus left, Republican versus Democrat, because in other countries, obviously they have parties that have different names. But generally speaking, everybody has conservatives who want to conserve traditional values in the way things used to be. And they believe that it's good going forward Progressives want to move past all of that, hence progressive, right? So I think that was part of the reason why Jesus wanted his people to be salt. Now, there was another component he wanted his people to be, and that is also light. In verse 14 into verse 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light in all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, this is pretty self-explanatory. There doesn't really need to be a whole lot of exegesis there. It literally means what it says, is that when Jesus comes into our life, when the Holy Spirit comes in and seals us, see also Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and he comes into our life and he we are now his temple, see also 1 Corinthians 6, verses 18 through 20. We now are shining examples of Jesus Christ, right? So that's very self-explanatory. So when we're talking about being the light of the world, Jesus called himself the light of the world. And if he resides within us via the Holy Spirit, then we then should be little lights in the world as well. Posted a video pretty much all across all the social media accounts that I have. It's a two-minute clip from a Hope For Our Times video that featured Billy Crone. And he gave his prescription for how the believers should behave in the end times. One of his things is, is that he said we should engage the culture. And realistically, this has been the thing of the church. And I think a lot of the church has forgotten this. A lot of the church you know, they're so sick of politics and it has become such a partisan divide that they're like, well, I don't want to get involved in that anymore. I get it. I understand that. However, here's the thing is that if we're going to fight back, if we're going to protect children, if we're going to maintain traditional values at all anywhere in the Western countries, then we within the church needs to rise up and let our voices be heard. Obviously, in a good way, we don't want to be disparaging to people, but we want to stand up for what's right. And what is right is Jesus Christ, because he is the embodiment of God in the flesh, right? We could go into that, but that's another podcast for another day. So we should not disengage from the culture. We should engage the culture as salt and light of the earth. Another thing that I want to cover is, yes, Jesus did say that his kingdom is not of this world. In John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus answered when he was asked, being asked by Pontius Pilate, who do you say you are? And he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. So a lot of Christians will point to this and go, well, Jesus' kingdom, my Lord's kingdom, our kingdom is not of this world. So why should I worry about the politics of this world? And I get it. Totally understand it because politics is exhausting. It really, really is. However, 
the only way oftentimes people will hear and understand what the gospel is, is potentially through a political conversation. Because you would sit there and say, I'm voting for whoever person. Well, why would you do that? You might say, because I am a believer in Jesus Christ, and that may open a door to share the gospel. So if we're going to stand up for family values, if we're going to stand up for protecting children, if we're going to stand up for being able to share the gospel, because to be quite honest, people don't want us to speak. They don't want to hear it. And I get it. I was an unbeliever at one time, too. I would have loved it if the Christians would have just shut up. You know, especially when I was growing up, it was a thing of Christians were very much engaged in the culture, were very much engaged in politics. I, again, though, I would caution this message with balance. So that video that I posted from Billy Crone, he prescribed exactly that. He was talking more or less about the end times and the expectation that the rapture of the church is imminent to it may still be a far ways off, so I have to occupy or keep working until he comes. And there are three ways we can do that. We can be salt, we can be light, and we can engage the culture. And he's right. He would say that it would keep you busy each day and every day. And um, that's exactly the whole purpose of this podcast. So I want to go over again to Romans 13, starting in verse 1. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. What the Apostle Paul here is saying is, and this is in the letter to the Romans, the book of Romans. So he's telling the believers at that time to submit to the Roman authorities, which was an incredibly brutal and immoral empire. And Paul is saying, be subject to them. So as Christians, I hear some people advocating for Christian nationalism, which I am kind of against, really. Their premise, their heart is in the right place, but that has been tried over and over and over again with kingdoms and kings. And since human beings are still in the flesh, are still fallible, they're still subject to corruption, I think the idea of Christian nationalism is bad. And I think the Apostle Paul would highly disagree with you, believe it or not, based on this passage right here. This would have been his time to sit here and say, now rise up and overthrow Rome so we can institute the kingdom of God and give the kingdom of God to the Lord on a silver platter. And that's a post-millennial position. And I also believe that's the amillennial position as well. And I think it's highly erroneous. You have to really wrench the scriptures out of context and change it to a different meaning and come up with all kinds of symbolism. You know, just let the scriptures speak for what it says. Point blank. In this, obviously, we're to obey the government. However, we have a unique opportunity here in the United States of America. We have something called democracy, and some people will say, well, it's all rigged. I would kind of disagree with that to an extent. Um, I, I get what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. But at the same time, if we just let the powers that be those uh, people trying to progress beyond traditionalism, if we just let them bowl right over us and we are mandated by God to obey said authorities, 
Do you really want that to happen? There have been many times. For example, the thing that comes to mind readily is a couple of years ago, may not have been that long ago, may have been just about a year or so ago, the United States government was about to set up a Department of Misinformation, and there was going to be what they called an information czar. There was such a public outcry against the misinformation department being set up because it sounded way too 1984-ish. And that is a reference to George Orwell's book that was written in the late 40s, in the late 1940s. And it, the public outcry was so strong against it, the government scrapped the plan to go ahead with that. So there you go, folks. If enough people rise up and have a voice and say, you're not doing this, you work for us, we don't work for you, the government will back down. They always have. Now, I'm not talking about revolution and all this now. I'm talking about basic political activism. Now, again, like Billy Crone was talking about in that video about end times balance, you got to have balance. You don't want to be so uh, just zealous for politics. That's all you do. But then it's at the same time, you don't want to be so disengaged that you have no salt or no light in the culture. So to some extent, I believe we do need to be engaged because we're bound to obey said authorities. And lastly, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, the Apostle Paul admonishes us and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And in verse 10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially of those who are in the household of faith. What the Apostle Paul really is saying here is pretty self-explanatory, but again, in terms of politics, this really does kind of scream that we really do need to be engaged in politics. Now, in closing, what I really want to emphasize is this is that I don't necessarily think that you should just only be engaged every four years, such as, say, here in the United States of America, that's when we elect our presidents every four years. And that tends to be the one that most people vote in. The one that gets sorely neglected that I believe is doing the most damage because progressive candidates are getting into office and making just vast changes is the local elections. Nobody votes in those. And to be fair... I never know when they're happening because it's like finding the information on when they're going to be held, even through a Google search, is really challenging. Maybe to those who are really savvy to find everything on the Internet, then maybe it's probably fairly easy. Or if you just, you know, keep up with the dates for your um, for your city that you live in or your county or your state or whatever. But your local and state elections are going to affect you at home more than anything else. And I get it, man, if you live in a state that, and I'm not necessarily talking about that you have to be Democrat or Republican per se. I'm just saying engage with the culture consistent with biblical values, not any kind of, um, I would not advocate for progressive values as they are currently defined in the culture, because that tends to be very antithetical to the Bible. As a matter of fact, most progressives would love it if most Christians would just shut up and not say a word. They would love that. It's almost like, you know, the devil trying to convince everybody he doesn't exist. So all that said, I'm not saying go nuts with politics. I'm not saying, you know, have it just totally eat up all of your time. But what I am saying 
is that you need to be engaged to some degree to affect the culture, to be salt and light as we were mandated to do, to make Jesus Christ known. And as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this, and if you have never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ or believed in him for eternal life, I want you to listen to the next segment, especially coming up in the next few seconds. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that he is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and heart and everything through a process, if you will, to embody what has already taken place in your heart by simply praying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change not so much materially, not so much in terms of the world. But your life will change in your standing before God in that you may know that you can have eternal life. The Apostle John wrote that when he was penning 1 John. He said, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but so that you can know. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast.